Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Deep Revenue Left Field Podcast. My name is Jack. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nerds. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan Garcia ESM. And James, you can find him on Twitter at James Valentinas. In today's podcast, we're going to be going over our cumulative top 10 second base rankings. Now, this is a compilation of our three lists that we each individually did to come up with this top 10. Um, now, these are projections for the 2023 season. It's not necessarily a reflection of these players' success in 2022, obviously, and we'll get into that in a second. More so a reflection of how do we think these players are going to be in 2023. Um, this is a pretty, you know, second base is a pretty, you know, it's definitely an improved position. Um, you know, we had some guys initially on here that we'd take off due to injury and, and positional changes. We had a guy that we had to put on because their team signed a shortstop. So, um, I think second base is an interesting discourse to be had a lot, um, less cut and dry than their positions, but, uh, definitely does not lack talent. So let's get started here with number 10. We have Minnesota twins, second baseman, Jorge Polanco, uh, Polanco was fantastic, uh, last year in his playing time at the plate, you know, 119 WRC plus. Forty second baseman is good. He didn't play the full season though. We only had 445 play appearances. His defense was not very good at second though, um, which is pretty problematic. Um, you know, with Polanco though, his defense was better in 2021. So you're kind of hoping for that. Um, it still is not great, but he did put up a four win season in 2021 with an 124 WRC plus and 644 play appearances. So obviously, I would say the two main things: defense, injury for him, runs the bases pretty well. Just an overall good player. Like he's not gonna, you know put the team on his back by any means, but he's a pretty solid player. Um, Ryan, what do you think about Polanco's outlook into 2023 and which um, defensive outlook do you think we'll have um, for Polanco, whether it's closer to 2021 or 2022? Yeah. So he was dealing with a knee issue during the year. Uh, and I imagine that played a role with his defense, but I don't think we're going to see it return to what it was in 2021. I think he is a negative defender at the position. He never really has been a glove first guy. And I think that's fine. Um, but it does lower your ceiling a little bit, especially considering again, you know, the offense is good. It's not like Jose Altuve good though. I think Jose, if we're talking about like, you know, putting up consistent 130 WRC plus seasons, you know, where he's be, he'd be higher on the list, but you reasonably, you know, that 2021 season was really good, but you can't like sit here and say Jorge Polanco is like going to put up a 130 WRC plus next year. You can expect that. Is it possible? Absolutely. But you can't expect that. So, um, you know, he's one of those guys where he's just really good offensively, but the defense isn't, is lacking. The base running is pretty good. It's not elite, but it's pretty good. Um, so I think t- 10, nine, eight, anywhere in that ranking, kind of a bottom back end top 10 second baseman. Uh, and James, yeah, I mean, Polanco is a guy who last year underperformed his ex by 25 points. Now, is that like something that we think next year will even itself out? Or do we think, you know, his ex will regress back towards his like, you know, actual numbers? Uh, in 2021, he had an amazing year with 150, 152 games played, 124 WRC plus and 4.2 war. Um, Steamer projects him to have three war next year. I think that's a pretty fair you know, uh, analysis. And, you know, I think he's a good player, not a great one. And that's why he lands at this spot on this list. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move to number nine. This is definitely not what I know James likes. And I, I do assume it's going to be where the majority of the Twitter comments come from. But number nine, we have New York Yankees. Uh, second baseman, where Rakingham has a second baseman, Anthony Volpe. Now, Anthony Volpe um, has not played a game in the majors. He's not, we know that. He is one of the top prospects in baseball. He runs the bases incredibly well. He's got a very good hit tool. 
He's shown power um, in the field. He's okay at shortstop. Probably profiles a lot more as a second baseman defensively. Um, not to say he can't play shortstop, but um, for our purposes, we're ranking him as a second baseman. And I initially ranked him as a second baseman, and we're kind of going off that because um, just the the way the Yankees infield outlook is right now. You have Oswald Peraza at short, probably going to move. You know, Volpe if they're going to play simultaneously to second, um, and then you know, yeah, look, I I think it's kind of like you know these players will find positions to play, and and I think position kind of eligibility is kind of like a, a technicality, but for the purposes of this, we're going to call him a second baseman. Um, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's where he ends up playing the majority of the season. Um, Seymour has him at a, a, a 111 WRC plus one point at F4. That's assuming he only plays 71 games. I ranked him as if he's going to play more, not a full season, but closer to probably 110. Um, he's a really, you know, talented prospect will be a very good player likely. Um, and you know, the Yankees really put a lot of, put a lot of their, their future into this guy as, as a potential future shortstop, future infielder. Um, you know, to the point where they didn't go after and go, go out and sign one of those generational, you know, shortstop players that are already on the market in Korea, uh, story at the time, Bogarts, et cetera. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about uh, Volpe's outlook for the 2022 season? Um, obviously, you know, include how many games you think he'll play. Uh, and what do you think his defense would look like if he played second base? Yeah, so I think you hit it on the head with the game's play. I think 110 is somewhere in that range. I don't think he's going to be up with the Yankees in April uh, and for the large part of May at the very least. Um, quite frankly, the Yankees, you know, their infield situation is where you have Gleyber Torres at second base right now. And, you know, the Yankees don't, I mean, it would, you can't option Gleyber Torres. So Volpe has options still. You'd like to see him get some time at AAA. Uh, Peraza is more major league ready and he f- profiles better as a shortstop as you mentioned if we're talking just positional you know what makes sense here put you put Volpe at second and Peraza at short Volpe is a guy who you know a lot of his a lot of the hype around him has a lot to do with his floor right like he just does a lot of things pretty well he's not a guy with like a ridiculous raw power tool like where he's going to be hitting a ball 118 miles an hour or anything like that you know he's not again he's not an elite defender at shortstop he's a major league caliber shortstop defensively and that'll profile pretty well at second base um you know there are guys like you know the Aussie Albies of the world who we'll talk about later on in this list too you know they just do a lot of things pretty well and they don't excel in one individual category but since they do a lot of things very well over a full course of the season they'll accumulate a lot of value Volpe profiles a lot like one of those guys. I think he's a lot low, a lot more of a lower risk prospect than people give him credit for. And I know that a lot of people are going to have a lot of problems with him on the, on this list because he hasn't played at the major league level yet. But the talent speaks for itself. We're projecting for 2023. You know, I, I think when you're projecting for 2023, you absolutely have to put rookies into the factor here, especially when you know they're going to get major league time. And uh, James, you know, place of devil's advocate here. I mean, I would think you would at least, James. What do you I think? Mean, about- I'm- Oh, I'm not going to necessarily play devil's advocate here. I just don't know how I feel about ranking a guy. Like, I think it's different when you have a can't-miss prospect, right? Like, when we ranked Adley Rutschman this high last year, and even then I didn't fully agree with it. I had him on my list. I didn't have him as high as you guys did. Volpe didn't play well last year in AAA. He, which I don't think really matters that much, but, you know, this isn't a guy who's, like, kind of smashing through the minor leagues. Like, he had a 122 WRC plus in AA last year. And then really kind of struggled in AAA, um, striking out 30% of the time. Um, I'm not sure, as, and especially given, you know, his track record in the lower minors, that number is a little concerning. I don't think it's like a long-term issue. I just don't know if he's fully ready yet. You know, we'll see next year how he looks, because he's definitely not going to start the year in the majors. But I think ranking him on this list at all is kind of an oversight, given the fact that we don't know if he's even going to 
you know, make the major leagues next year. And if he does make him make an impact, whereas we know a guy like Jorge Polanco or a couple guys who didn't make the list, like uh, Gavin Lux or Glaber Torres will. I would be absolutely shocked if he doesn't play at the major league level next season. I'm not saying he won't play at the major league level. I'm just saying, I don't know if, like, I don't think he'll be. Fair enough. Yeah. He'll be that I don't, I, not that I don't think he will, but it's just that it's not a guarantee that he'll actually make a, you know, like a difference at the major league level next year. Yeah, it's definitely not a guarantee. I think you just have to take kind of it. Like with this kind of list, at least the way I see it, you know, you take a couple risks. It's not like, like if you were, if I were to like bounce, like I just feel like Volpe's ceiling is too high for immediate impact with his base running ability and his defense, like being probably a lot better at saying these. I just think it's kind of hard not to take a hit on that or take a shot on that kind of ceiling. And it's not to say I don't think that Polanco is a really good player. And it's not to say that I don't think he could be better than Volpe. And, he, you know, like, there is a very good chance he is better. I just – I'm kind of banking on that potential. You know, and it works out, you know, a good amount of the time. It works out – it doesn't work out sometimes. Like, you know, and, and that's what, you know, some of these projection systems, you know, Steamer in particular tends to, you know, I would say stress, put an emphasis on minor league performance, which kind of makes sense. kind of doesn't, you know, relative to the bat and the bat X, which don't really as much. So um, as far as projection systems go, like I said, Volpe – Steamer has him 111 WRC plus 1.84 for next season. Um, so yeah, as for Volpe, he comes in number nine. Number eight, we have uh, Chicago Cubs in second baseman played shortstop last year, second base again this year. Uh, Nico Horner. Now Horner last season was fantastic. He posted a 4.0 F4 with a 106 WRC plus um, while playing 135 games, which you know was 100. 571 played it. Sorry, 517 played appearance. That was a struggle. Um, he's going to be a good player. You know, his projections are a little lower in terms of war, 3.5 relative to, to four, primarily because of positional value. Um, he's going to be playing second, which is definitely not as valuable as shortstop, but he's still a fantastic player. He's going to be an above average hitter, likely. He's going to play very, very good defense at second base. He's going to run the bases very well. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, for me, Horner coming at number eight, you know, maybe even a little low, but uh, he's a fantastic player. I would bank a lot on that floor for sure just because of his defensive uh, ability and base running ability as well. Ryan, what do you think about Horner's outlook for 2023? And how do you think his move from shortstop to second base will affect him in general? Yeah. So when you're looking at Nico Horner, I mean, I think we're looking at someone who gets pretty underrated across the board. I mean, he's clearly a good player. I mean, last year he put up a four war season. Uh, He does a lot of things very well. And I I do love players who just, they have really, they just have really strong floors. Horner is going to be probably able to run the base a lot more next year. Last year took a huge leap uh, in terms of being able to stay healthy. So he was able to uh, attempt 22 steals, converted 20 of them successfully give him some bigger bases, give him a little more room to uh, run. I I think he can absolutely flourish in that category. Defensively, he's excellent, right? Defensively, he is phenomenal. At second base in 2021, he put nine OAA up with four DRS. In his career, in just 468 innings, 10 10 defensive runs saved, 14 outs above average, right? We could be looking at a perennial gold glove second baseman here. Um, I look at him very similarly as I look at a guy like Tommy Edmond in the sense of like, you know, both these guys are really just amazing defensive players across all the positions they play in the infield. Uh, and their bat is usually above average. And then the base ring is really good. And, and that usually leads to them doing pretty well in the war category. So Nico Horner last year also took a big step in the power department. So I'm a big Nico Horner guy. I think he's going to be, I think he's absolutely one of the best second baseman in baseball. And he's really underrated. And uh, James, one of your favorite players here, Nico Horner. What do you think about his outlook for the 2023 season? I think there's a really good chance that Nico Horner is the best defensive second baseman in baseball at, uh, next year. 
Uh, I think, you know, the 105, 110 WRC plus range is probably what to expect from him. And then, you know, obviously he won't play shortstop, so he won't put up those like, you know, 15 DEF type seasons that he's, that he put up last year. But if he can stay healthy, um, I don't see a reason why with a, you know, 110 WRC plus and probably 15 to 20 outs above average, like we'll see what that ranks him on this list coming uh, you know into the future years because it's hard to rank a guy who hasn't played this position at this position especially because of how how much different it is from shortstop as far as defensive value goes i agree all right let's move to number seven here we have atlanta Braves second baseman ozzy albies this is a guy that i think tends to be overrated by the casual fan i don't want to use the word casual i think it's a little lazy but i want to say more traditionally inclined fan and definitely more overrated, I'm sorry, more underrated by the sabermetrically inclined fan. I think he's going to give you a really, really decent bat, probably around a 110 WRC plus, maybe a little lower, 107, but he's going to be consistent with the bat. He's going to run the bases really well, and he's going to play a really good defense second base. Seamer has him at a 3.1 F4. Um, I think that's about right for him. I, I, I just think his floor is really high. His ceiling probably not quite as high as some other players. Even though in 2019, um, in 702 plate appearances, he did have a 116 WRC+. If he is able to do that again, great. You know, awesome. He's going to be a probably 5-1 player. But, um, you know, last year, hindered by injury, only 269 plate appearances. He wasn't very good either in those plate appearances. You know, 1.1 F4, 93 WRC+. Um, he can't really hit from the left side. He's a lot better hitter from the right side. Um, my specialty is not hitting necessarily in terms of mechanics, but uh, – like probably consider stop switch hitting. I mean, I mean, I feel like it's at this point kind of productive if you're that much better from the right side. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, he's a good player. He's going to be fine. He's on a very good contract for the Braves, pretty well documented. Um, Ryan, what do you think about Albies' outlook for the 2023 season? And do you think we'll get something closer to 2022 or 2021? Yeah, so Ozzy Albies, as you mentioned, I think I want to talk more about how I, I think he's kind of underrated by most people who look at, um, you know, who, who look at metrics like WRC plus because and it doesn't account for volume. It doesn't account for things like what war can account for with base running and defense. People can say, well, you know, he's not that great of a hitter. That's fine. He does a lot of things really well. You know, this is again, this I, I feel like the gap between him, him and Nico Horner is massive, but I don't say that to bring down Ozzy Albies. I say that to more so propel Nico Horner, if you get what I'm saying. Um, you, you know, ultimately he's just a really solid, he, he just does everything really well. You know, he's a good baseball player. He He's kind of, I, I know this, and I hope this doesn't sound disappointing to people. They shouldn't in my eyes, at least, you know, if you're looking at career, if you're looking at Anthony Volpe and Ozzy Albies in terms of like what they're going to provide in terms of like offense and defense and base running, like, you know, for a prospect like Volpe, even if he, even with how highly talented he is, like an Ozzy Albies career is a success, right? Like, I think a lot of people kind of have this perception that because Ozzy Albies does so well in fantasy, like he's like a, t he's a, he like in fantasy baseball, he's absolutely remarkable. And in comparison, you know, in, re in real life baseball, uh, he's more so just a good player. And I think that kind of um, heart, that kind of hurts people's perception of him. Whereas he's very clearly a good baseball player, very clear all-star caliber second baseman. And uh, James, what do you think about Albies? Um, I think this is too high. I think, uh, you look at Albies, right? He, his bat is really concerning. The last three years, 103, 107, 93 WRC plus, 299, 332, 297 X. You know, he doesn't walk at all. His on-base percentage over the last three years is just 306. Uh, 5.8 war. He's a great base runner. That's 
kind of his calling card now is his is his base running. He didn't play much last year, so it's it's kind of tough to like take that away from him. But uh, I struggle to see how he's going to have a better season than the guys we've ranked him under uh, ahead of. Sorry, you know, guys like uh, Horner, Polanco, or even Volpe, maybe uh, Torres, Lux, those type of guys. I just don't see how Albie's. I know the ceiling is obviously there. Albie's has an incredibly high ceiling. Uh, at the second base position, but I'm just really worried about his floor being very, very low. I don't think his. I personally believe his floor is like a. Uh, he's a higher floor, lower ceiling kind of guy. I think I disagree with that. He had one season sub, and I moved on to our next player's page. But if I remember correctly, he's had one sub 100 WRC plus season. You know he's going to play pretty solid defense at a pretty valuable position. He's going to run the bases exceptionally well. I just don't think like. Like, I'd be shocked if he has a 93 WRC plus again next season. He was hurt. He played hurt for a little while, I believe, off the top of my head. Wasn't great, obviously. And if he's going to give us something like 2022, he's not going to be in that top 10, maybe not even, like, the top 20. But, like, he – I just don't see a world – and first of all, I had him a little lower than – I believe I had him at 8. No, I'm sorry. I probably had him at 7 because I had to move some players down. But, yeah, I mean, we moved out Story and Chisholm, so – in my initial list, I had Jazz Chisholm and Trevor Story, so it does seem a little higher than I probably initially intended him for, which makes sense. Um, I just think, you know, he's a good player, and, and I just think he's not – you kind of know what you're going to get with him, at least that's my opinion. You know, he's not going to walk, but that's kind of okay because he's never walked, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I think, like, you cannot walk if you're either hitting home runs at a high rate, which he does for a second baseman, or – you know, hits for a high average with like a with a high Babbitt, but he's a low Babbitt, low walk rate. He never gets on base. Uh, like even even in his best year, his on base percentage was only three fifty. Um, it's pretty good. I, for a I, well, I think you're discounting like the low Babbitt thing has more to do with hitting fly balls, which is another thing I think you're overlooking with your ex woba evaluation here. He pulls a lot of fly balls, right? Ex woba is not a stat that's very like if you are a guy who you pull a lot of your barrels. You're gonna get more out of your uh you're gonna get more out of those barrels than X believes you should. And then on top of that, you're gonna have a lower bat pip if you're hitting a lot of fly balls. Those are the least, those are the lowest bat pip that has the lowest bat pip out of the three main batted ball categories. You're gonna be running lower bat pips. That's perfectly fine if you're hitting home runs, as you mentioned. And it, you know, you said the bat is concerning. I, I don't think we're seeing a 116 WRC plus next year, but he put up a near four war year, the 107 WRC plus. A big calling card for Albies here is that, you know, outside of last year, really, he plays and he plays a ton and he gets a ton of at bats and he gets a play, play and the brains of the whole their organization to get they seem to get guys to play 160 plus games pretty consistently so um you know the braves don't really believe it not that they don't believe in load managing but i think they just kind of let the, these, their guys play as much as they want to Albies is going to be able to get you 150 plus games. It's going to be able to get you close to that four war total. And quite frankly, a lot of guys like that's, that's it's just super valuable, right? Like it's just super valuable that the guy just plays. And you, it, as long as he plays a full season, he's going to safely get you close to four war. I think that that gets heavily underplayed here. I'd agree. All right. Let's move on to uh, our number six guy. This is newly acquired Miami Marlins second baseman, Luis Arias. Arias, Really good. I love Luis Suarez. I think he is the best contact-oriented or contact-first kind of hitter in the sport. He is just so good overall. He's going to, you know, he's a 131 WRC plus. His spray charts are off the charts. He never strikes out 7.1% strikeout rate. I'm sorry, yeah, to his 8.1 walk rate. 
Um, he's moving to second base, which is where his positional value will get higher, though the defense is not very good at second base, but it's kind of okay when you're going to be a 120, 130 WRC plus hitter, which I just think, I just think he's great. I think, you know, not a lot to dislike with the guy. He obviously doesn't have much power, um, but the, like I said, the spray charts, great um, projections, 120 WRC plus uh, for steamer and uh, 3.5 F4. You know, that positional adjustment will definitely help him. As far as uh, DF is concerned in the war calculation, um, he runs the bases pretty, you know, mediocrely, but it's kind of okay. I just think I love this guy. I really like the trade for Miami, even though I think Pablo Lopez is really good. Um, and so is Salas, but I, I just really like Arise as a player because like you kind of spray charts are just so good. And I really do believe as a contact hitter that 120, WC plus is arguably sustainable. Um, and Ryan, what do you think about that for, for Arise? Yeah, so, you know, small sample last year, but it was his best defensive year at second base. So I guess that's somewhat uh, of a positive trend for him. You know, the beginning of his career, he was like the first year he played, he was atrocious at second base. I think that weighs down a lot of his defensive metrics. I think we can look at him as kind of an average defensive player there. Um, and with the positional adjustments, it's a positive defensive adjustment. So you'll probably see um, war be a lot friendlier to him. Uh, as you mentioned with the WRC+, Plus, this is a guy who just great contact you know, doesn't have a lot of holes in his game outside of the power department, which is fine because he's never really been a power hitter in his career. The last year was his best year power-wise in terms of home runs. Uh, quite frankly, he's just a really good hitter, right? And, and I think this is like taking Jorge Polanco, for example, and kind of just upping the offense and getting, and I think that's kind of why he ranks so favorably on this list. You could argue some of the more defense oriented guys we ranked below him uh, could have a higher war next year, but I think the bat is so good. You, you got to rank it pretty high on this list. And uh, James. Um, yeah, I think for Arias, the bat obviously is kind of the calling card here. He, he gets on base. He hits the ball with like his contact rates are kind of outrageous to be honest. Um, you know, in a 131 WRC plus next year, can we expect that again? Uh, I'm not sure. The defense is very, very concerning. It's it's not good. It's it's bad. Um, but then again, he played first base last year, so who knows like what he's gonna look like at second base for Miami. Um, yeah, I, I'm a little confused by the fact that Miami's just building a team of you know seven second basemen, but uh, we've got. Uh, Arias is going to be the one who actually plays second base, I guess. Um, projected 120 WRC plus 3.5 war. I think that's pretty reasonable. And it uh, lands him here on this list. I had him lower than you guys. I don't love this spot, but I don't think it's like a problem by any means. All right, let's go to number five here. We have Tampa Bay Rays second baseman Brandon Lau. Um, it's important to know with Lau, he's coming off of a down season. He was really hurt. He played hurt. He wasn't very good. 104 WRC plus. But prior to that, he had a career WRC plus of 134. Um, he hits the ball incredibly well. He has crazy, crazy good power. Probably the best power among second basemen. Maybe not as much as Altuve, but even then I would probably say he probably has more raw power than Altuve. You know, he's going to hit really well. He's probably a 125, 130 WRC plus hitter, which is really good for the second base position. I, I believe in Brandon Lau a lot. I think last year, fully an anomaly. I think we'll see probably close to that 20, 21 form where he had a 137 WRC plus um, and 4.0 F4. Defense is not great. He kind of plays not always, not doesn't only play second base. He can play some outfield, but he'll probably primarily play second base. Um, also, he runs the bases really well. I don't think we talk about that enough as, as, for Brandon Lousy player. He runs the bases really well. You know where you can get there. Um, but yeah, I, I 
believe in Brandlaw's offense. I believe in his hard hit rate. I believe in his spray charts. A lot of pull fly balls, um, kind of what the Rays do. Um, Ryan, what do you think about Lau's outlook for 2023? And do you think we will see anything remotely like 2022? Yeah, I think that I think we're going to get just a classic, great offensive season for Brandon Lau. Um, quite frankly, I mean, people talk about the Alves deal. This is an actual like robbery of a contract. He makes $4 million a year, uh, and he has two club options, 2025 and 2026. I mean, this is a guy who in 2021 was, you know, he was playing. I mean, he was he that far off from a guy like a Rafael Devers or an Austin Riley in terms of offense? Not really, right? And I, I think that when you're getting that level of offense from second base, it's really rare. Uh, I tweeted this when we talked about catchers uh, on the uh, on, on my main account, but blah, 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 defense. He hits fucking tanks, right? Like Brandon Lau just hits tanks. And I, you got to respect that. Um, as you mentioned, 125, 130 WRC plus, it's really rare at the position. And I think he has, he's one of these guys, I think can move himself up this list a little bit with a strong 2023 next year. And uh, James, what do you think about Lau? Uh, Lau is a great hitter. We know that, right? He had a really really bad year last year if he does that again we're gonna have some problems but uh, he also didn't play much last year and you know that's something that I would normally take away from somebody but you know maybe we'll maybe we'll improve on that a little bit but it is concerning that Lau has never played a full year you know the, he played 149 games in 2021 but in uh 2019 he only played 80 you know 2018 he just came up and played 40 so that's not an injury issue it's just we've never seen like a full year sample size of Lau having you know, an incredible season other than 2021. And now yeah. in a fight, what? Kind of did happen in 2021. Do you yeah, I said other than 2021. So out of five years, we've seen one, like amazing yeah, season. Yeah. All right, let's not count the first year because he clearly was just coming up. Second year was COVID. Like these aren't in his control. He got hurt in 2019. Well, no, 2019 is 19 and Like, and then 2022. So that's out of three full seasons, he's had one year where we he's yeah, been but then like, also in 2022, good. he's crazy good at the plate. Sorry, 2020, 2020. Like when he plays, he's really good. I, I just think I just think like because he plays so well when he plays, I just I don't know. I don't really I don't really I, I know you care more about like pass volume, but I just think when he plays plays so well when he plays. So yeah, but also last year he didn't play well when he played. Yeah, excluding the anomalies, what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think Lau's a great player. I think this is too high, but, okay. um, but I mean, I, I ranked him at what number two last year. So, you know, he could easily get back to that with another good year. I just think right now in this, you know, state of the, the world, the league, I don't know if Lau is a top five second baseman anymore. Okay. All right. Let's move number four here. We have New York Mets second baseman, Jeff McNeil. I already can read the Twitter comments from here. Oh, you got to be number one. McNeil's a great player. He's fantastic. He hits the ball really well. 143 WRC plus last season. I am shocked he did that. He absolutely shocked me. Um, went back to the full pretty much contact approach, spray, spray the ball over the place. It worked out well. Um, 5.9 F4 last season. He ran the base as well, which is kind of a change from, from previous seasons, excluding his rookie season. He played pretty good defense second base. I just think... Well, what McDeal did last season, almost with a six four season, is incredibly impressive. And the only reason he's not higher is because I question his ability to repeat that. Now, Steamer projects him 124 WRC plus 3.6 F4. I think that's pretty fair. I don't know. I, I think he could do this again because, you know, he does have a career WRC plus of 131. And in 2019, he played almost full season. One, he played, uh, yeah, almost full season. So 
567 plate appearances. He did have a 144 WC plus and 4.8 F4. Uh, 2018, he was really good. He just came up that obviously quite a while ago, but uh, 2020 shortened season, he was good. 2021, obviously not very good. So kind of a brand low situate, loud situation here. You kind of have a, an anomaly season. Bounce back really well. Don't think he's a 143 WC plus hitter. I think he's quite good though. 125, going to play solid even second place, run the bases pretty well. He'll be a 4-1 four, four player, which is really all you can ask for. Um, and Ryan, what do you think about McNeil for next season? Yeah, so you know, um, I, I I'm a little bit uh, more, uh, I'm a little bit higher on McGill than you are. I don't really think, and I, I obviously realize it's going to come off as me saying like you're down to him, but I, I do think that I'm not saying that his steer projections are completely off, but I don't think he's going to have a 314 BAPIP next year. Could be wrong about that, but a guy with the career 332, like I kind of question it. Um, you know, I think we'll be seeing a 130 WRC plus. I mean, he has a 131 in his career, so I think 130s fair here I'm, I'm like going up six points from his steamer wrc plus i don't think we're going too crazy here uh with projections uh, on my end um the defense is really good I, I don't think this is a matter of like oh he's not that good i think it's a matter of just like the guys you have ahead of him are really good as well so um that's really what it came down to um you know again i imagine this is going to be the second most talked about thing about our list uh coming into next year um but but quite frankly i, I think when we get to explain our top three uh, it'll make a little more sense, but this has nothing to do with McNeil not being a good, great player, not even a good player, a great player. Um, it, it has more to do with just the talent ahead of him. He's phenomenal. You could put him as high as two on this list if you want to. Um, uh, but I, I, I just, I had a couple guys ahead of him. And uh, James, I don't know if I agree with the last thing you just said. As high as two, I don't, I don't know if there's really that much. And this is um, gonna hurt, maybe hurt a lot of Mets fans' feelings. But I don't know if you can. Uh, argue that McNeil is better than Jimenez at this point, but uh, if we look at what McNeil did last year, was incredible. We didn't. I think we were all really low on him coming into last year. All three of us. We. I was looking la- actually back at last year's rankings just uh because I was writing an article top ten second baseman, so I was trying to figure out where I had McNeil last year. I thought we ranked him somewhere else because I didn't have him in my top ten at all. Um, he had a really bad year a couple years ago, and then last year he was you know one of the best players in the league. Uh, you know, six war is not something you normally see from a second baseman. Uh, three eighty two on base percentage is obviously incredible. Uh, one forty three WRC plus. The XWHIP was a little concerning, but like Ryan said, he's one of those guys who just kind of pulls a ball all the time, right? He doesn't hit a lot of home runs, but uh, he, he hits the ball hard and low. So, you know, maybe he can keep that up. I think next year the steamer projection of a 3.6 war is a little low. And I don't think this ranking, like Ryan said, at number four is going to take anything away from him as a player. I agree. All right, so number three here, we have Texas Rangers second baseman, Marcus Simeon. Now, Simeon's very interesting. 2021, he was graded at 45 homers in Toronto, 6.2 F4. Um, then Texas, first two months, it was bad. He started off the season, one of the worst players in the league, but then he really, really turned around Finished, ended up with 26 homers, which I was pretty surprised with, and a 4.2 F4. Now, Simeon's getting a lot of value from base running and defense. He plays really, really solid second base defense, and he runs the bases really, really well. He only had a 107 WRC plus last season, but that kind of came with his first two months of adjusting to Texas, which I, I can kind of get behind. Like, he was so bad in those first two months, um, and, and he really, really, really turned it around. Um, so I, I just, I really, I believe in Simeon a lot. I think the fact that he had a 4.2 F4 in a down season in quotes with a 107 WRC plus, like that's still gives me a lot of faith in him. Um, you know, he, he's not going to strike out a crazy amount. He's not crazy. He's not going to walk a crazy amount either, but um, he's going to hit the ball hard. He's going to hit it out. Like 
just kind of adjusting to Texas, I, I can kind of understand why he started off so slow. Uh, Ryan, do you think we'll get something closer to Simeon in 2021 or the beginning of 2022? Dude, Marcus Simeon is one of like my favorite players now uh, in terms of just like what he does. Like, uh, like he plays 150 something games. He steals a bunch of bases. He plays really good defense. He pulls the fly. He pulls fly balls in the air. You know, like, uh, dude, he's just like, I, I, I don't, I don't know how else to put this, but like, if people are mad because we have him through on our list and say, well, he was a 107 WRC plus last year, dude, like you said, like this was a disaster, like worst case scenario for the first two months. You know, you can say, oh, it was best case scenario after that, but I don't know if it was best case scenario after that. Best case scenario was last year, you know, or 2021, excuse me, where he put up a 6.2 war uh, and, a, and a 131 WRC plus. He's a pulled fly ball machine, dude. Like he he gets the most out of uh, his fly balls. You don't see him uh, typically hitting. Uh, he doesn't hit a lot of opposite field home runs, if any. Um, you know, the base running value, it's, that's, that's, I feel like that only is going to get better with bigger bases. Um, he plays excellent defense, as you said. Um, this is a guy who, you know, if you gave him a 115 WRC plus next year's projected for a 114, we're talking about him pushing a five war year. Right. And I would say, you know, if you compare him to other second base on this list and the guy I'm going to compare him here to is, is McNeil. McNeil has two years with a better year than Marcus Simeon's last year, 4.8 F war in 2019. 5.9 in 2022, right? Like Marcus Simeon just consistently performs at a high level. It's hard for me to rank uh, a guy like McNeil or just anyone else on this list ahead of him uh, outside of the top two guys we'll talk about in a second. All right, and uh, James. Yeah, so, I mean, I ranked Simeon um, higher than you guys. I ranked him at two. You guys had him at three. I don't, I think those two guys, like they're really not that much of a difference between the two of them. Uh, they're both, you know, elite defenders. You look at Simeon's numbers defensively, and at second base, they're some of the best in the league. And then the bat, like Simeon's a one thirty WRC plus hitter. Uh, over the past, over the last, uh, what five months of last season, uh, since what May eighteenth, he doesn't he doesn't sit out. He just he has seven he had seven hundred twenty four plate appearances last year, which I don't know if it did lead the league, but it had to be close. Um, let me check that. Yeah, so he he led the league in plate appearances once again last year, uh, as he did in twenty twenty one. Um, that's kind of his his calling card. Like he plays every day, he defends well, he hits well, and he runs the base as well. There's really not a flaw in Marcus Simeon's game. You know, we were concerned a little bit about moving to Texas and how he'd adjust to the new ballpark. It didn't seem to be too much of an issue after the first couple months. Um, you know, obviously he didn't have you know forty five homers like he did in you know, Toronto in 2021 with the, you know, triple A ballpark and all of that. But I really, I really do think Simeon is um, one of the best second basemen in the league. And I would not be shocked at all if we're sitting here next year, ranking him at number one. All right. Coming at number two, we have Cleveland Guardians, second baseman, Andres Jimenez. Now Jimenez broke out in 2022, definitely the most like surprising performance I would say from any player. He was Fantastic. 140 WRC plus 6.1 F4. He played elite defense. He ran the bases at a very good level. He really was a good hitter. Um, now, is Jimenez going to be a 140 WRC plus hitter again? I don't think so. I think he's a good hitter. I don't think he's quite that good, but with his defensive value, with his, you know, well above average bat, which I, I still think will be well above average, um, and his good base rank, he's going to still be a four, four and a half win player, at least I think. And, and, and maybe that's a little bit aggressive. Maybe I don't even know. It's kind of, I think that's a pretty, pretty good spot for him. Uh, and number two here and steamer has him at 118 WRC plus with a, a, a 3.9. So basically four win uh, season. Um, 
that sounds a bit fair, maybe a bit higher. I think maybe a bit low on him just because of track record. Um, obviously came over from the Mets in the Lindor deal. Um, you know, I, he's a great player. Really can't really ask for much more from him. Um, he'll be good next season. Uh, and I, I just think the, the reason he edges out Simeon is because of his defense is better. And, you know, he was a lot better of a hitter last season. Again, I think it'll be probably more comparable at the end of next season. Um, Ryan, what do you think about Jimenez? Uh, and what do you think his bad is going to look like in 2023? Yeah, so I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the comparison to Marcus Simeon. I I think that, you know, they're kind of, they're very close, right? I, I think it's hard for me to definitively say one is better than the other, but I do think that that ceiling we saw from Jimenez last year is really enticing. And as you mentioned, the defense is a better, you know, the base running is always going to be pretty good. Um, quite frankly, uh, I, I don't, I, Andre Jimenez, as you mentioned, with the 3.9 F4 projection for next year, that's with the 118 WRC plus, and then projecting him to have a career worst BSR, uh, be his on, on a per rate basis, the worst defensive season of his career. They're projecting both of those things, and he'd still be a four war player. Uh, and they're projecting him obviously to drop 22 WRC plus points. So just kind of wrap that in your heads, guys. You know, a guy who's projected median outcome is, you know, with severe, with, you know, his them projecting to be the worst defensive player of his career, have his worst base running season and drop 22 WRC plus points. And he's still, you know, projected to be one of the best second basemen in baseball. I think I can say I can push that war total a little bit higher. I think we're looking more like a four and a half win player here. Um, and again, you know, when you're looking at just the rarity of a four and a half win season, I think we're, guys like Judge and Betts and Trout and Otani have kind of, you know, killed the kind of how valuable a four and a half win player is. I think a lot of people kind of hear four and a half, they don't think of it the same way they should be thinking of it. Um, Jimenez is just kind of the best. I, I think he's just like a slightly better Marcus Simeon. Um, I know the whiffs, the whiffs are concerning. Sure. The chase rates high, but um, overall, the, I think the skills still project pretty well. And I think that we're looking at, you know, one of the better young players in major league baseball going forward. And uh, James. So the reason to go back to what I was saying, the reason why I ranked Jimenez a spot under Simeon, which I don't think is really that big of a deal is because I think last year for Jimenez was the perfect outcome, right? Like, and maybe I'm, you know, obviously this is a 23-year-old we're talking about, but I just don't know if we see another 140 WRC plus out of him, given, you know, in the last two years before that, he had 105 and 74, obviously made strides forward. Um, you know, his bad ball data is not amazing. Uh, in fact, it's not even really that good. Uh, but 6.1 war is hard to argue with. Um you know, great glove, great bat. Uh, I probably think he's closer to a four-win player next year than six. But again, at second base, is there really much more you could ask for? And uh, coming at number one, the undisputed best second baseman in baseball, Houston Astros second baseman Jose Altuve. Altuve, not good in 2020, was really, really solid in 2021. People seem to be underrating him. And in 2022, we had an MVP caliber season. 164 WRC plus 6.6 F4. Um, Altuve is a great player. You know, he's going to, he's just a really good player. He's a Hall of Fame level player. He's the best second baseman in baseball. He played pretty not bad defense last year. The defense was a concern coming into the year or coming into 2021. It was good in 2021, good again in 2022. Um, and then, you know, the ba base running is whatever. It's pretty much average, a little below average. But the bad is obviously what you sign up, sign yourself up for with Altuve. Um, he's a great hitter, by far the best second baseman in baseball, you know, from both a, an overall sense and a, an offensive sense. So um, this one was, was pretty easy. Um, he did have a, a, a higher BABIP than he did in, in, in 
2021, which kind of is understandable. And I think it's probably more sustainable. And it's the correlation there, I would say, um, kind of speaks some volumes. Altuve is not a, a, a slap the ball around the field kind of guy. He's a pull fly ball kind of hitter. He uses the afters, Crawford boxes to his advantage for sure. Um, so to see that Babu come up is definitely a little concerning. Or it's definitely concerned. No, I'm sorry. It is definitely, um, definitely good to good to see. Um, and for uh, Ryan, what do you think about Altuve for the 2023 season? And do you think that we'll see anything close to that 164 WRC plus again? Yeah. Um. I mean, last year, yeah. If if it wasn't for Aaron Judge having the best year since Barry Bonds offensively, Jose Altuve would have gotten way more flowers for what was an excellent, excellent 2022 campaign. Um, Altuve is just consistently very, very good at the plate. Um, I think a lot of people want, wanted to bury him with that 2017 Astros scandal. And I think that was character assassination. You know, I think that's one of those things where, I mean, Altuve is one of not only just the best players in baseball in the regular season, he's also one of the best in the postseason. You know, as you mentioned with the offensive season last year, you know, a 164 WRC plus is really, really, really good. I mean, that that's better than his 2017 MVP year, right? Um, as you mentioned, the defense, you know, if you're more of a DRS type of person, you're not going to like Jose Altuve's defense. Um, but Steamer projection for negative defensive value next year, and they still have him at a 4.6 projected war. Uh, Every single projection on Fangraphs has him over a 130 WRC plus. Uh, so, I mean, he's the best offensive second baseman in baseball. I still think he's close to league average uh, defensively. Um, and he stole 18 bases and nine, 19 attempts last year. Bigger bases, still pretty fast. Could be seeing a little bit of a resurgence in the base running value. Um, you know, I, I'd be really... Uh, I'd be really hard pressed to say that there's an argument for anyone else to be number one. I know James mentioned maybe Simi could get up there. Uh, I do think he's a candidate, obviously. Um, but I think as of right now for 2023, it's Jose Altuve's crown. And uh, James. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. Like Altuve is the best second base in baseball. It's not really even close. Um, he had a great year last uh, in 2021. And then last year, he just absolutely like mashed the whole year. Uh, 164 WRC plus, obviously. Um, he hit 300, 387, 533, so almost 300, 400, 500, um, which I don't think he's done since his MVP year. Um, and then, you know what, the best, the most interesting part about this is, is like, he had a higher WRC plus than he did in his, um, in his MVP year. It's the only real difference was the base running and the games played. Um, Altuve is still one of the best players in baseball. I don't think he gets enough credit, like being ranked within the top 10, 15 players in the league, like he should. Um, he is, he is a top 15 player in the league. Um, but I think a lot of people, like Ryan said, they want to hate him. Like he's, he's such a likable guy, but people try to hate him, um, because of what his teammates did and what he was a part of. Um, but you know, you look at Altuve and there's not really much of a question mark in his game at the moment. I agree. Yeah. All right. Ryan, want anything before we head out? Yeah. I just wanted to like, it was like not even trust me. It won't take too long. Oh, uh, I know I talk a lot, but um, you know, when you're talking about, you mentioned the Jose Altuve, you know, like everyone tries to hate this guy. This is a guy who's a two-time world series champion an MVP, you know, silver sluggers all with one franchise, you know, probably going to end up with uh, probably going to end up a first ballot hall of fame candidacy. You know, he's one of the all-time great postseason performers. Jose Altuve, there's not a single blemish on his resume and people try to treat like act like there is any blemish. This is going, this is like one of the better players of our generation. He has one of the most complete resumes. I mean, accolades across the board. 
this guy is like the, the, the model of consistency at the second base position. He's going to go down as one of the best second basemen ever play. Um, I, I think a lot of people need to reconsider how they evaluate people. If they're going to look at Jose Altuve and say, you know, this is a guy we should treat as a villain. Absolutely not. He is by far one of the best people for baseball and he's the best second baseman in major league baseball today. All right. That's enough for this episode of the deep driving left field podcast. If you like what you saw, please give us a five-star rating, whatever platform you're listening on. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, a deep drive in the left field podcast. Make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at deep drive pod. I'm sorry. At MLB nerds. Follow Ryan on Insta- uh, Twitter at uh, Ryan Garcia ESM. Follow James on Twitter at James Valentinas. Follow us on Twitter at deep drive pod. It's been a deep drive in the left field by Castellanos, and we will see you in episode number 79. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.